person, for whatever reason that it is, somehow cancer <clears throat> has become a plague. Have you noticed? Has anyone else noticed or is it just me? Have you all noticed? It's like we're living in a time of the plagues of Egypt. It's, it's like there is a plague. There's one plague over here. There's another. There's so many diagnoses of cancer. The latest cancer that they're discovering is pancreatic cancer. For whatever reason, whether they're manufacturing them because they want to sell drugs or whether they come up with these diagnoses so that they can sell more drugs and treat your body and then the drug actually is what kills you. Whatever it is, why is it that our bodies are breaking down at such record rates? Why are people literally just dropping like flies? Young people. <clears throat> Once upon a time, it used to be that you lived three score and ten. And then you die from a sickness. You go to the, you go home to you go home to heaven from a sickness. Now, people in their 20s and 30s are getting diagnoses of cancer. So we are angry at cancer. I'm not a friend of cancer. Cancer has come into my family. Cancer has attacked my family members. Over 20 years ago, my mentor, I wish she were here. There are times, to be honest with you, when I wish I could pick up the phone and I could call her. I could do with her counsel. I could do with her love and her support and her saying, this is where you go, this is what you do not do. But over 20 years ago, she was diagnosed with throat cancer. And it went away, went into remission. And when it came back, about five years later, within that five-year window, when it came back, she told me, she said these words to me. She says, I have never taken anything in, into anything into my throat but food and drink. She never smoked. She never drank. She never did drugs. And yet throat cancer was what took her out. I was there with her when her hair fell out. She had long brown hair to her waist. She was so full of life. You could, should, should have met her. If you could have met her, you would know what I'm talking about. Her hair was like part of her face, part of her expression. When she talked, she was so animated and so full of life. And I remember when the cancer treatments caused the hair to fall out of her head, when her long brown hair would fall into her hands. I never forgot that. She made me promise that I would not tolerate cancer. Just recently, it was mom. When mom was first diagnosed in 2014, I went to bat and prayed. But by then, apparently, once the cancer gets in the blood, that's it. They don't know how to cleanse the blood. They didn't diagnose her with blood cancer until near her death. By the time three years later rolled around and mom was diagnosed again, then they told us she had six to eight months. She left three months and two weeks. Within three months and two weeks, she was gone. I could not tell you what it felt like. I'm intimate with the loss. Just recently, it was my cousin Tristan. Tristan was 26 years old, the same age as my daughter, born the same year. My cousin's son, Jerry, Jerry's son, Jerry Dillon, hit him up on Facebook, tell him, hey, I'm thinking of you. Jerry's son, Tristan, died of cancer. Are you listening to me? Are you hearing me? That is what I'm coming against today. So I say all of this 
to put it into context so you know what we're dealing with. And I know there are many stories. I, I was on Twitter a couple of days ago and someone announced that she just went to the doctor and was just diagnosed with cancer and she didn't know what she was going to do. It, it was such a mind-blowing, transformative experience. She didn't know what she was going to do. As if it's not enough, I got a phone call on Wednesday evening from another family member. And I said, wait just a minute. Wait, 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 we, it cannot be. I could not believe my ears. The next morning, I went to Facebook for some reason. And I started scrolling through my timeline. I don't, you know how Facebook is? It's a lot of people. And I don't get to see all of the stories. But I could get all the stories this Thursday morning. 10 folks on my Facebook page were announcing their diagnosis with cancer. There, are, I probably have about 5,000 people connected to me on, on Facebook. Do you see what I'm saying? It's a plague. We've got to come against it. But I want to tell you, tell you a story about somebody I know. And I want to tell it to you because I want you to see perhaps your own healing. It may not be you. It may not even be you. But it could be someone whom you know. I want you to think about them right now. Put them in your mind. My friend Dawn, over 20 years ago when she was first diagnosed, she was as healthy as a lark, never had a cold, never had, you know how that story goes. But she believed that she would be healed. At the time when she was first uh, diagnosed, I had just, I think I had just gotten married. So it wasn't, you know, we stayed in touch and so on. She was my ex-husband's best friend's wife. She became a surrogate mother to me. And so we developed a, a really good friendship. And then when she was diagnosed the second time, she came to live closer to us. And so we stayed in touch. But she believed. She used to, I wasn't, I did, wasn't a full believer then, <laughs> if you can call it that. They call it saved. I wasn't. But she taught me how, she reminded me that I had grown up in a Christian home. I had gone to a Catholic high school. So the, 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 the basics of faith were sort of embedded in you. The basics of faith were in you. And this, I'm a little bit concerned today about young people who have no basis for faith. If When we're no longer on the earth, my generation, when we have passed, what are we leaving to the people who are left behind? What examples of faith are we going to give them as a legacy? What will they hold on to when stuff happens that they don't know? Recently, I had a conversation with my daughter because in my story, they back in the, in the day, they took us to church. We went to a Catholic high school where it was reinforced, where the teachings of faith were reinforced, right? What are we doing to this next generation? My oldest daughter is 26. Yes, I'm old enough to have a 26-year-old. And no, I was not a teenage mom. God bless the teenage moms out there, right? And my daughter said something to me that shook me. Because she said, "Where is, what is faith? And this is somebody whom I took to church all her life. She's lived in church. And she said, my generation is struggling to understand the relevancy of faith in God, because from what we can see, the people who practice Christianity don't like anybody. Hmm, shook me a little bit. 
was like, wow, that's interesting. We got to address it. So what are we leaving to the next generation? Because I said to her, she was saying, mom, your generation have messed the world up. You guys have created so many wars, so many stuff that it's going to be us, my gener her generation to figure it out and fix it. And I said to her, do you realize something? We're all trying to figure this out. I said the generation before thought they had the answer. They thought wars were the answer. Hence, World War One, World War Two, the Korean War, the Vietnam War. I said they thought wars were the answer. My generation is trying to figure out whether it's a nuclear bomb or whether it's some sort of espionage or surveillance. I said we're all. It's a mystery, honey. We don't have the answer. By the time we try to come close to the answer, we have expired. Alzheimer's, dementia, whatever, right? I said, we don't have the answer. We're all trying to figure it out. So every generation rises up and think, well, you look at the example of the previous generation, you said, well, that didn't work. So this must be the answer. So I'm going to do this. I said, what you're going to find when you approach the end of your life is the same thing we discovered. We're all trying to figure it out. We don't have the answer. We don't get a manual when we were born to say, this is how you're going to live on the earth. This is what you're going to do. We don't get that. What we're trying to do is to figure out the best way. Now, the best way sometimes is not evident. The best way sometimes is not caught up in stuff. The best way sometimes, I'll, I'll get to you in a minute. Uh, the best way sometimes is trying to figure it out, just like the rest of us. But one thing I do know is that there is a way in which you can find an answer. There is a way in which there is an answer. And the answer is we must have faith. So I know you have faith. You have faith in the belief that tomorrow morning when you wake up, we will still exist. That's faith. You have faith to believe that, uh, that you know, nothing is going to happen. That's faith. That's faith, right? That's faith, right? You have faith to believe that the president will still be the president. That's faith. You have faith to believe your job will exist tomorrow. <laughs> That's faith. You have faith to believe that when you go start your car, it will start. You have faith to believe that your credit card is going to have something on it to pay for that transaction. That is faith. Now, if you think about faith like that, then you believe in something. So whatever you believe in, that's where your faith is. Some people believe in their physical attributes. That's their faith. They believe that that's what makes them money and that's what they're, they're going to say, right? Ah, people are talking. Younger generation is running from religion. Hiya. Faith, right? Uh, we have to guide our children towards faith. So what I'm saying to, to all of us is we have some sort of belief system. We just don't know where to put it. My suggestion is to try Jesus. No, not the Jesus that they tell you about, that you see people who call themselves devout Christians tell everybody. They sound, just sounds like they hate people. Some of the most prominent leaders of Christianity, they sound like they hate people. Come on, dudes. Come on, girls, stop sounding like you hate people. God is a God of love. And Jesus left us an edict. Every religion has a leader. Confucianism is based on the teachings of Confucius. Buddhism is based on the teaching of Buddha, isn't it? Muslim Islam is based on the teachings of Muhammad. 
Every religion has its leader. Follow it. Follow what Jesus said. He said this one thing. He said the greatest love is what? A man laying down his life for his friends. Isn't that what Jesus said? So how is it you say you are a follower of Jesus, but you're going to hate everybody? And then when people need faith and some sort of belief, they can't turn to the Jesus they see you practice because it doesn't look like love. So I come to you this morning and I'm asking you to stand in agreement to help me as I pray. Just join with me as I pray for those who need a healing today. People are desperate. There is nothing, my friends, that make you feel so alone as when you get a diagnosis from the doctor. We were there when mom got the diagnosis and the look on her face when she looked around and looked at her children who were in the room. It was her journey and she was at the end of it. I asked mom, I said, are you afraid of dying? And she said, not so much about the process, but she says, I find that I don't want to. I don't want to leave here. She says, I don't want to leave here. And I said, mom, you can't fear it because it was inevitable. Do you see what I'm saying? So we have to have some kind of faith, some belief in something bigger than ourselves. It's like some people follow even celebrities, right? That's a form of religion. That's worshiping someone. Anything that that celebrity says, that's exactly what you do. People believe in astrology. They follow astrology. I mean, anything their horoscope says. If their horoscope tells them not to cross the street, guess what they're not going to do? They're not going to cross the street. They're not going to move. They're not going to, no, no. My horoscope said people follow the lottery. Yeah, it's a form of religion. Every Wednesday, they go do their scratch off. They believe in these numbers. They're going to buy these numbers until they die. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's a form of religion. People believe in their pastor. They believe that every word that comes out of their pastor's mouth is life. So their pastor replaces God and the God, Godness, and their pastor now becomes God. So when he has an issue, which he will because, or she, because they're human, guess what? Your belief in God, what? Crashes because what? You know you placed your faith in a belief. You've got to place your belief in something that cannot fail you. You have to place your belief and your faith in something that is irre indisputable. It's irrevocable. It cannot be moved. It's immovable. It's immutable. Why? Because it stands from generation to generation. Sometimes I have found myself praying that I have found that God is everlasting. One generation to the other, they still speak of the goodness of God. You read the Bible and you see examples. You, you see examples of my grandmother, your grandmother, your great-grandparents, oral traditions passed down that speak. That's something that I would place my faith and belief in. Because as for me, I'm human. When this broadcast is over, I'm not always filled up with faith. I'm just going to be honest with you. There are times when my faith is rocked. I have had issues in my life when my faith was movable. It was mutable. It was like, put that on mute, right? Because I'm human, right? So I need that constant 
intersectionality of my humanity and my divinity to keep me going. So I'm asking you today, for all of us, for some of us, it's just a diagnosis away. It's just another visit to the doctor. It's become so that we're even petrified of going to the doctor. Listen, I'm 52. I used to take a doctor's visit like, okay, it's that time of the year to go get a physical. Or if I have a cold or something that won't go away, and I'm like, oh, I guess I have to go to the doctor to get antibiotics or something. But now a doctor's visit has become primal and necessary. And I have found that I'm petrified because you can't tell by looking at your outer body what could be wrong on the inside. And the last, on my last doctor's visit, I had to correct myself. I said, you can't think like that, Harriet. You must believe and have faith that everything is going to work out all right. And even if I had to see that for my mother, that death was a form of healing, the pain that she was enduring, my mother was my mom. My mother was in such a state with the, in the last weeks of that illness that I had to hold my mother. Can you imagine? You were, I'm her child. There was a time when she held me. There I am holding my mother as she, and mom was someone who had like, on a scale of one to 50, her tolerance for pain was like 65, right? And when you heard mom cry out and say, Lord, deliver me from this, I had to hold my mother and pray. I remember one night, it took one hour to calm her down. One entire hour of crying out in pain with the strongest painkillers that she had taken. And that's when I knew. I said, no matter what I believe, no matter what I want to believe, this pain is not going to help. I said, death, it changed my perspective. I had to see death as a form of healing. That that was just one form. It's the final form, but it is what it is. So today, I am going to pray for you. And I'm going to pray for those. And I'm going to pray for your family members. I'm going to pray for folks who are desperate. You may not even know how to say, I need prayer. You may not even want to say you need prayer because you don't want to go public. You don't want people to know that you actually are desperately in need of prayer. You may not even want people to feel like you're in need. You yourself are even probably struggling with faith. You you know, you've lived all your life. You've worked hard. You've satisfied. You're successful. You're accomplished. What do I need that for? And suddenly you find yourself going to the doctor and you find that all the treatments in the world, all the prescribed medications are not going to work. This is when you hear people say they take off on a journey of self-exploration and self-discovery. They go to other parts of the world to explore how others deal with faith and deal with crises and how others explore their faith and their experience and how others experience faith. I am here for you today and I want to encourage you that in this gathering, in this gathering of humanity, wherever we are, we might not be physically touching one another, but our love for one another overrides whatever issues we might have. Our love and concern for one another, the concern you have, what is that family going to go through? I saw a woman post on Facebook that she had just recently been diagnosed with some form of a brain tumor. She has children 
at the end of her announcement, she says, no, I have to figure out what will happen with my children. That's someone's mother. She's the breadwinner of a family. How will those children deal with their mother's illness? What about her as she watches her family grapple with the realities? I watched that intimately, not from the sidelines. I was in it, watching my mother grapple with the reality of the fact that she would be leaving her children and the people whom she loved the most behind. How would they cope without her? And that is what I want to pray for today. It's not just for the person who has been diagnosed, but by extension, the family, the friends, the husband, the wife, the mother, the father, the children, the siblings, the brother, the sister, the cousin, the aunt, the uncle, the friend, the best friend who is saying, what am I going to do? How is my friend going to do this? Do you see what I mean? We all need a community around us. We all need friends. We all need someone who is going to drive us to treatment. We all need somebody who is going to inconvenience their lives to take us to a treatment. Somebody who is going to say, you know what? I'm there for you regardless. Someone who is going to be there to help you organize yourself. People come in at different points of your need. I am going to pray for you. And I want you to believe as we pray. Belief is powerful. Whatsoever you believe in, that's what will manifest. We have to believe. Believe for a good outcome. Believe for a good outcome. If it is you who is standing in need of prayer, believe for a good outcome for the person who is standing in need. Believe for a good outcome for your family members, for your employees. If you're a business owner and you got this diagnosis and there are families who are dependent on you, there are families who depend on you for a living. And if something happens to you, you're the key man. You're the key woman in that business. I want you to stand in agreement. We're in agreement with you. And we're going to believe my words are simple. It's not about me. You're just joining with me in faith that somehow this morning, the God of the universe, the healer, Jehovah Rapha himself will hear our prayers and he will execute a healing. If you experience a healing, if you believe this and you experience healing, good, good, good. Go to the doctor, go and get yourself checked out. Can I just ask all of us, all of us, if you haven't been to the doctor, especially you guys, man, my brothers, my uncles, my friends, guys, please, can you go to the doctor? Men refuse to go to the doctor. You won't listen to your wives, your mothers, your girlfriends, your friends. Please go to the doctor. Sometimes they catch it early. It's recoverable. Please go to the doctor. Please don't be afraid. Please. Right now we're going to play. We're going to pray to the great physician. The one who is above all the doctors. If you have a surgery tomorrow morning because they think they see something, they think there might be a situation, they're going to have to do a biopsy, they're going to have to test something. If that is you today, let's pray. Let's believe God for a turnaround. Let's believe God for a miracle. Are we ready? Are we all in agreement? After all is said and done, 
Are we ready? We're going to do this together. All of us, right where you are. If you've never prayed before, well, welcome. This is your first time. But if you have prayed before, no matter what your situation is, right now it's all washed. It's all gone. Everything is forgiven. Everything is forgotten. The good news with Jesus is he cast it into the sea of forgetfulness. Don't focus on what you were, did last night, where you were, where you shouldn't have been. For all of you, some of you are homosexuals and you're worried about what might happen or what diagnosis you just received. At this point, it's all about the love of Christ. God loves you. You're human. You're a human being and God loves you and God cares about you. Receive that. Don't worry about it. No matter what others say, it's what God says. God loves you. Anyhow, let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you right now for my sisters, for my brothers, Jesus, I ask for a healing. I ask that you lift this plague of cancer off our bodies in the name of Jesus. I ask supernaturally that you touch us from the crowns of our heads to the soles of our feet. I ask that you supernaturally wash us clean, Jesus. Replace the negatives in our blood, Jesus. Replace the negatives in our organs, Lord God. Give us new life. Overturn every diagnosis of cancer. I cancel the spirit of death. Cancer, you are a plague. And I command you to get off the people. Get off the people who are hearing this. Get off the people who are listening. In the name of Jesus, I speak healing and restoration. And I speak by faith that when you go back to the doctor, the doctor is going to give you a new diagnosis. And you tell it. And you tell it. And you profess it. And you claim it every day of your life. And Father God, we know not how. But we know it's by you and through you. And we come before you as simple people. We don't know what else to do, Jesus. This is a plague that has come on humanity. All over the world, Jesus, people are in dire, desperate need of you this morning. And I ask you right now for every person, every family member, Jesus, every family who has been touched by cancer, Lord God Almighty, in the name of Jesus, I declare healing. It is done. It is done in Jesus' mighty name. I thank you right now, Father. There is no boundary in prayer. There is no boundary between you and your people. You hear us, oh God, and you hear us from a holy heaven. And we thank you this morning that every burden is lifted. Every yoke of cancer is destroyed in the name of Jesus. And I thank you right now, Jesus, that your people are feeling your touch and the evidence of it is evidence of their faith in you, Jesus, that this week, this manifestation will come forth. And in the name of Jesus, I ask you all to touch your bodies, wherever they said the cancer was in the name of Jesus, touch yourself in Jesus name. It is gone. It is gone in Jesus name. It must dry up cancer. I curse you and command that you dry up out of the people of God, dry up out of their bodies and go into the pit of hell from whence you shall not return. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. It's what I believe. This is what I believe. And this is what you believe. And I trust that this Sunday morning, as tears are running down my eyes, thinking of all the people, all the people who have been struck by cancer, and for whom this has become a new reality. In the name of Jesus, I cancel it. I erase it 
from your expectation. I erase it from your mind. I erase it from your spirit. And I believe, say, I believe, I believe. You gotta say it. Say, I believe that I have a new body. I believe I have a new heart. I believe I have a new lung, a new kidney. Wherever they said the cancer was, I have a new womb. Hello, somebody. I believe I have a new brain. I have a new spine. I have new muscles. I have new cells. I believe. Come on. Say, I believe. I believe. Come on. Say it. I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe. Come on. Believe thou. Believe thou. Believe in something good. Believe that something good is going to happen to you. We have all prayed. We have believed. Believe that something good is going to happen for you and to you and to all of your family. In the mighty name of Jesus. I just want to thank you. It's Sunday morning. I know you're busy. Some of you have to run to church. You have other things to do. But thank you for stopping by this morning. All I said I was going to do was pray for healing for those who are affected by cancer. I just want to thank you so much. I just want to thank you and thank you and thank you. And I just bless you. That the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord maketh his face to shine upon you. The Lord maketh his face to shine upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. I bless you. I bless you and I bless you. And I thank you so much. If you go about your day, just keep confessing. Just keep confessing. Just keep confessing. Thank you so much, everybody. It's been a wonderful Sunday morning. Now go do your Sunday thing, whatever that is. It was just a short prayer. That's all we were going to do, right? We're not talking about anything else. Just talk about faith and belief. 